Before we get to our catechism, I, I just wanted to point out that I, I did a lot of research and, and tried to pull together some stats um, and just try to dig what, uh, how our, our societal setting is as far as honoring our, our parents, whether we're young kids honoring our younger parents or we're adult children trying to honor our elderly parents. And uh, unfortunately, um, the uh, statistics that I came across were, were very, very negative. I, but I thought it, it, it's relevant to the topic, so I thought I'd share some of that. These were surveys that I found, uh, r results of uh, studies that I found over the last, last decade, some as early as last year, some as late as uh, um, eight or nine years ago. But cases of child abuse increased 42% in, in the last decade. Sexual child abuse increased 83% in America. And emotional child, child abuse increased 333%. Last year, over three children died of abuse or neglect a day. Three a day. A couple more statistics. In a survey of 2,000 men, one in 10 suffered child abuse growing up. In a similar survey conducted a on women, the rate was double that of men. Between 20 and 25% of women were abused as children. Why am I sharing such depressing statistics? I'm not trying to bring us down, but I want to raise the issue and see does, and ask the question, does, our, does the commandment interplay differently than it used to? Or our society's value is so shifted that we have to apply the commandment in different ways. Some, we'll, be, we'll be looking at that, the, the what, the who, and the why of, of uh, this commandment through the Heidelberg Catechism this evening. Let's look at question and answer 104. Try to focus on these questions. What? does the commandment say? Who does it apply to? And why or how do we go about doing it? I'll, I'll read both the question and the answer. It's very short today. Lord's Day 39. What is God's will for you in the fifth commandment? That I honor, love, and be loyal to my father and mother and all those in authority over me that I obey and submit to them as is proper when they correct me and punish me, and also that I be patient with their failings, for through them God chooses to rule us. I just ask that you keep that slide up there for a little bit. Do you see the who, the what, the how? What is the fifth commandment all about? Well, it's that we honor, love, and be loyal. Who? To who? Well, to our father and our mother, but really underlying this commandment is that uh, we obey and submit to all authority. What does it mean to honor your mother and your father? What does it mean to honor authority? I came across this, this fairy tale from anybody a fan of, of Grimm's fairy tales? It's, it's an oldie, but it's a goodie. 
And uh, the fairy tale goes something like this. It says, there once was an old man who lived with his married son. The old man was starting to go both blind and deaf. And when he sat at the table, he would often spill his soup on the tablecloth or miss his mouth and spill on himself. His son and his daughter-in-law thought that this was awful, that it was gross. So one day, the daughter-in-law got fed up and took the old man and sat him at a table in the corner by himself and gave him an earthenware bowl to eat out of. To top it off, she even skimped on his food. At one particular meal, the old man was having an unusually hard day, and the bowl slipped out of his hands and smashed on the ground, spilling its contents all over the floor. The young woman scolded him, saying, You want to eat like a pig? Then we'll give you a trough to eat from. And from then on, they made the old man eat from a wooden trough, a wooden dish. One afternoon, the son and his wife were watching their four-year-old child play with his wooden blocks. The son asked the child, what are you playing? The young boy replied, I'm making a trough for you and mommy to eat out of when I'm big. The husband and wife looked at each other, thinking back on how they had been treating or really mistreating their father, and they burst into tears. That evening at dinner, they brought the old man back to their dinner table and sat him in the comfiest chair in the house and gave him back the dinnerware and the silverware. And from then on, he ate with them at the table. And when he dropped his utensils or spilled his soup, they didn't scold him, but rather lovingly helped them. Although this is a fictitious story, it helps us understand the word, of the, the word honoring what that word is getting at. The word honor in its original biblical form in the Hebrew means to consider something weighty, to, ha it's, to have honors, to have weight. It's, and it's in reference to people most of the time to show the importance due to that person because of their status or their position. The word honor is mostly used in reference to people in positions of authority. I think... Generally, most of us limit this commandment to parents because they're the only ones listed in this verse. But as you might have noticed when we read questions, question answer 104, they, as soon as they uh, address mother and father, they quickly move on to, and all those in authority over me. Why do you think it includes everyone in authority? Was it because the writers of the catechism just wanted to make our life as Christians harder? No. Let me read another portion of scripture to help answer that question. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. See, God created us, men and women, in his image. 
He created us to be fruitful. He created us to be uh, numerous. In other words, God created us really to resemble himself, the maker and sustainer of life. He made us to be productive, co-creators. We can create things. Even we can partner in creating human life. As we just saw little baby Sheringa as she came in from the, the front door. He made us to be reproductive, recreative. And at the heart of this excerpt from Genesis is the role we play as parents. As a parent, we're both a creator and a sustainer. And I bet you ask any of the uh, parents who had their child up here for baptism, or if you ask Reverend and, and Mrs. Sheringa, um, what would happen if all of a sudden you ignored your baby for 24 hours, that baby would be in grave trouble. As parents, we are bearing God's image. In a way, we are God's representative to that child. We partnered with God in creating the uh, child. Then we partner with God in sustaining that child. Not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually. The fifth commandment is saying that we should honor our mother and father because for the sheer position of authority that they have. That is, they are representatives of God to their children. Whether or not they represent God well, was to honor and mother honor our mothers and fathers because in doing so, we're honoring God, who is the ultimate heavenly father, the ultimate authority figure, the ultimate parent. To simply put it, we honor our parents in order to honor God. As the catechism states, for through them, God chooses to rule us. Now this brings up a, a can of worms. What if our parents are abusive or neglectful, as some of those statistics stated? Should we still honor them? Is God requiring us to honor the alcoholic dad who is physically abusive? Or the emotionally unstable mom who told her child she was worthless and wished she had never been born? It's obvious that such parents are failing as they're in their representative roles. They are not representing, representing God very well. Let me make clear that the Bible condemns all over the place the misuse of authority. God detests injustice. God detests the abuse and misuse of authority. He weeps over the suffering of his children. It's not the way God intended it to be. In God's perfect plan, authority is supposed to be freeing. It's supposed to be a mechanism for bringing out the best in things. It's supposed to maximize our potential, not destroy our potential. Take the game of basketball, for example. If there were no rules, no referees, can you imagine what a game would look like? I, I've, I used to be a huge basketball fan in the days of Larry Bird in the early 80s and, and, and you know, late 80s, early 90s. And it was a big family affair. And, you know, 
that Michael Jordan hit the scene. But now I gotta, I'll be honest that I don't, rem- I don't know a lot of the big names. Sh- you know, even Shaquille is kind of out- outdated. I do know Kobe Bryant. Um, but um, can you imagine Kobe Bryant or, you know, some of the others? And, and all I can that come to mind are, are my Boston roots, Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and, and some of those others. Um, running down the court without rules and without a referee. It wouldn't look like basketball at all. In fact, it would probably look like WWF. Is, is whoever was the strongest and had the quickest fists would probably get the baskets. Without the rules of the game and the authorities to enforce those rules, basketball wouldn't look like basketball. Authority is a needed part of society. We need those rules. We need those refs. So Jordan and, and Kobe and all the others can do what they do best. In, their, in, in, in an amazing athleticism and creativity. Symphonies would never be played without the authority of a conductor to help all the different pieces work together and without the general rules and disciplines of music and notes. Buildings would never be built without foremen following strictly the building codes and the architectural designs. Would you want to buy a house that didn't follow the building codes, that didn't follow the designer's plans, that didn't lay the foundation according to proper guidelines. Authority is so important. Submitting to authority is so important. Submission brings freedom. When the authority is proper. You know what? Families would be broken and dysfunctional and are broken and dysfunctional when parents are absent, not doing parenting things like raising up their children with values, teaching them how to know right from wrong, showing them all about God and his design for life. Without those things, children grow up confused, lost in our society. So it's a really, it's a blessing that God woven into the fabric of existence, this authority submission dynamic. But unfortunately, along with authority, God gives people the option to obey or disobey him. And we know that the harvest of of disobedience is sin. When we as people in authority give in to temptation and sin, the design breaks down and we slowly turn into dictators, narcissistic egomaniacs, workaholics, abusers, or worse. When we choose to live contrary to God's word, it creates sin that not only affects us, but all those around us. So do we still have to honor those in authority who act ungodly? I think yes and no. Here from Ephesians 6, and it'll help me explain what I mean by yes and no. Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3, um, and then a little bit 5 through 8. Children, do what your parents tell you. This is only right. Honor your father and your mother. It's the first commandment that has a promise attached to it, namely, so you will live well and have a long life. Father, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. Servants, respectfully obey your earthly masters, but always do it with an eye to obeying the real master, Christ. 
Don't just do what you have to do to get by, but work heartily as Christ's servants doing what God wants you to do. And work with a smile on your face, always keeping in mind that no matter what happens, no matter who happens to be giving you orders, you're really serving God. Good work will get you good pay from the master, regardless of whether you're a slave or free. And then finally in verse 9, masters, it's the same with you. No abuse, no threats. You and your servants are both under the same master in heaven. He makes no distinction between you and them. So the biblical answer is yes, we should obey even ungodly authority because they are still authority. But no, if they ask us to do things that are contrary to God's will. But only as is proper. On the other hand, we're only to submit as is proper. It's not proper to act immorally or unethically, even if someone in authority tells us to. We are to obey to, and submit to our parents and anyone else in the authority so long as it doesn't cause us to sin. If a sexually abusive parent wants a child to engage in, in sexual immoral conduct, is God calling him to honor his, his, that father? No, by no means. The fifth commandment. thrown out the window because that parent is no longer representing God as an authority but is causing him and the child to sin. In a nutshell, the fifth commandment is saying that in keeping with God's good design, we are to honor those in authority over us. Because God chooses to rule us through them. And the assumption is that those in authority are keeping their end of the bargain and are using their authority properly. But even if they aren't using their authority property, properly, we should honor them just for the sheer fact that they're in authority over us. Unless, of course, they're causing us to sin. Authority and submission are strong threads that God has woven into existence. They're part of what makes us God's image and in God's likeness. Even in the Trinity, you see authority and submission. Jesus says, apart from the Father, I can do nothing. I only see what the Father is doing. John, um, you look at John 13, 14, and 15. You see that authority-submission dynamic in the Father and Jesus' relationship. And then later on, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit reports what Jesus says. There's a, uh, there's a submission and authority built into the Trinity. Despite our societal trends to abandon family, to live our own way, to be our own king, master of our own domain, to reject authority, and to mock our not-so-godly leaders, God is calling us to something different. He's saying, I built you. I created you. I know how you run best. And if you submit and you honor those in authority, you honor your mother and father, it'll go well with you. And you'll live long in the land.